Welcome to the Broken Savage Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. What's up, guys? How are you? Um, Like I promised, we have more guests on the Broken Savage Podcast today. In just a little bit, um, Christy and Matt, who have been on previously, are coming um, to do a joint little chat with me. Um, they got lots of stuff going on um, with their K&M training and nutrition um, online business that they have going on. And Christy just competed um in another show and got first place so we're going to talk to her about that and their goals and stuff when it comes to both of them competing and all that yummy fun stuff um it's so funny because i've worked in gyms for many many years and you see so many walks of life go through the gym um and i've never really made it a point to try to like figure out, not figure out, but even ask people like what it is about the gym, like what their journey was to get here and all that fun stuff. Um, and this is as much fun as me going out and interviewing rock bands and artists that are being creative and, um, you know, putting out their art that other people are, um, enjoying and as in bodybuilding or just in fitness in general um you are putting out a product there your own body your own mental um wellness and all that fun stuff so it was it's fun just to like conversate with people and find out like why they started this journey and where it's brought them so I'm hoping in the next few months and everything um before I make any drastic changes and leaving this lovely state of Massachusetts, um, that I get to have a few more people on that I find intriguing and want to know their story. Hopefully they'll be open to chat, but today Christy and Matt are very, very, um, open to talk about everything fitness and what's going on in their lives. So we check up on them, check up on their life, see how the training's going and how their little business is going. And then I'm going to throw out some myths or statements about the fitness industry and nutrition um, aspect of it and see their thoughts on it and see if I can get them into a little disagreement on some stuff. But um, in just a few, we're going to sit down with both of them and... Um, you know, sit back, grab a protein shake or a, I don't know, a beer if you're not into protein shakes and sit back and listen to these two incredible humans. Hey guys, so it is Sunday and I am here with Matt and Christy. Um, we have done solo podcasts with each of them, but now we have them together as a couple and we're going to talk about, um, everything that they're doing for their business. Chrissy just competed, so we're going to talk about that. Um, and then we're going to get into the myths of fitness and nutrition and see if we can get these two into an argument on not agreeing on stuff. But how are you guys? Very well. Very well. Yeah. yeah. 
Chrissy's coming off the competition, so it's getting uh, easier by the second. We can all cook the same food again. We can can all eat the same. But yeah, we can go out to eat. We can have muffins. Use coffee creamer. (laughs) Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. All right. So um, for people that didn't know, you competed in bikini again. Yes. Um, And tell everybody where you placed. I got first place. I am the pro bikini champion for that show. Um, So that's some good stuff. It was my first pro win. Um, And so I'm very, very excited about that. It was a great it was a great day. We had a lot it of It really was. Yeah. Yes, it was. And Matt, you kind of coached her through the whole... Yes. Yeah. I was going to say procedure, but that's it's not a procedure. <laughs> we can call it that. <laughs> We're both nurses. We get, yeah. Um, so how was it... I mean, you guys have worked together before, mm-hmm. but how was it this time around? Because I know you, when we first... I talked to you, Christy, you were like, I'm going to try to start prepping but I don't know exactly what I'm gonna do so how was the whole like when did your mindset become like this is it I'm I'm going for it so we went to a seminar a judging seminar to like learn how to be judges in the future and at the seminar there was a few people there that judge and they like uh, promote their own shows and they were like, Christy, what are you doing? Because I was like, I'm going to improve for another year and then I'm going to take to the stage. And they were like, you don't need to improve. Your physique is there. You need to get on stage and like get comfortable on stage. And I was planning on doing a mini cut anyways, just to like lean up for the summer. And I had been masking for like a full year and my appetite just wasn't there. And I was getting like up higher in my weight that I'm like more comfortable with so it was time for a mini cut anyways and then I just decided if I'm going to do an eight week mini cut if I tag on two more weeks I'll be at the same time as the show and that will get me like stage time it took a little convincing because we like had just gotten into a groove between competing me and him have been prepping one or the other for like three years straight so to like go back into prep it took a little convincing but I was like look I'm doing bikini I don't have to get that lean it's only 10 weeks like let's just (laughs) do it it'll be fun and finally Matt is very like the type who's like all right if this is what you want like I'll support you so I'm, I'm thankful that you are that way because it was like a great memory for me and it'll it'll probably always be one of my favorite shows so now do you think this was your favorite prep oh my god it was so far my favorite prep (laughs) it was so far I think just because I had experience in prepping and I had more muscles so I didn't have to get as lean and my physique still showed through Mm -hmm. and as having a coach who's your husband, he knows me so well that like you really were just able to make decisions that were the best for me. Like maybe we wouldn't do that with other people because mm-hmm. you can't take those chances. But because he sees me every day and I also relaxed a little more this prep. I wasn't so neurotic about like getting every mm-hmm. step and every parcel of food. Like I relaxed a little mm-hmm. and it was a breeze like it was a it was a breeze yeah yep yeah, it absolutely was last prep she was 
if she was 500 steps short, she would literally be walking Pace in place room. in the bedroom at like 9.45 yeah. at night. And I'm like, that's like six calories. Yeah. Just take one less bite of food. But she was like... Every, and then you realize after a while, it's like, there's so many things off, like yeah. packaging could be off by 20%. Like, was your heart rate elevated? Why? There's so many give and take things that, like she said, living with her, it's like, I can see you. I can see you posing every day. You mm-hmm. look better and better right. and better and better. And I think what, we only had to adjust your macros two times yeah, in the whole thing, mm-hmm. which a lot of people, you have to adjust a lot more often. And we kind of took a different approach this time because mm-hmm. she was like, you know, thick and happy at the beginning of the prep. Yeah. So we went in with like a really deep dive at the beginning in her calories and we dropped with, you dropped almost like 800 to a thousand. We dropped really deep from what she was on because those were her massing calories. Right. Dropped way down and then she was kind of just able to cruise for like yeah. six weeks without having to set anything. So by the time she was hungry, the majority, like 65% of our work was done by the time she even realized she was hungry. Yeah. And then we just kind of got to cruise and then... Mm-hmm. We were able, even though we had a short period of time, we were able to get her ready two weeks early and she got to eat extra food into yeah. the show, which for most people, you're starving until the right. day and then you get there and you're like, I hate my life. I don't even want to be here today. But instead, we were at a coffee shop eating brownies six nice. days before the show, yeah. you know, nice. not that she wanted to. Right. She had a little but, panic attack when I purchased yeah. the brownie, but, but that's part of it. When your husband is your coach, you can be like that we, this will work on the psychological aspect <laughs> too, because I'm here to support you for that. Now, so. question I have. Since you guys live together and you mm-hmm. see each other all the time, mm-hmm. it's like if an individual looks at themselves every single day, they don't see different changes. Now, is that the same for that? Like, you're saying you were watching her and seeing changes, but is it easy for you to see changes or because you see her daily, does it get tougher to kind of critique what's happening? Yeah, it definitely... It's kind of like when you're losing your own weight. You know, like, if you don't pay close attention to it, two weeks could go by and you're like, oh, you do look different. I think you look different. But the thing that's easy is she does the same poses. She does the same routine for me. Yeah. And then we always take pictures. So okay. I can always, like, I can look at them and be like, there's details here this week that weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, and she had times where she would get a little nervous and be like, the show's getting closer. We need to drop calories so I can get there. And then I'd be like, okay, I get it. The scale's not moving. But look at these two pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's really good about taking her pictures in the same light, in the yep. same spot, at the same exact time. Yep. So it really leaves, like, no questions. You look at it and you're like, why would I starve you when you're getting better every day? Right. You know, so. I was starting to write on the photos, like, Wednesday night and put the date, like, I would pencil it right onto the photo. So if you were, like, looking in my phone and swiping through, you could be like, oh, this was Wednesday at this time. This yeah. was Thursday at this time. And, like flip back and forth between the two and just see like the little differences Mm -hmm. but I dropped weight so quick that I feel like you could almost see it every week yeah because I really did just like yeah yeah and our goal this time was to do a different prep than we have in the past because we both have had preps where we had to like you know calories down 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 starving Mm -hmm. right up until the show uh, but this time we were like you know let's just prove it to ourselves that we can do this in a little bit of a different way and make it because you know like there's a lot of people who are at that level in bodybuilding that it's just like they're all they make it sound like warfare every day. And uh-huh. You're like it doesn't have to be as hard right. as you're making it yeah. sound. Like it's two things: either it's your ego or your lack of education that are making you feel like this is warfare every mm-hmm. day. Or like you sure, just you have don't to have enough muscle. Yeah, know, bringing enough, and you have to have some level of ego, you know, to be right. able to do it anyways. But like 
it doesn't need to be that intense. And then we also don't, like, we want to do this for a very long time. So we also don't want to be like, hey, screw everyone in our life. Yeah. You can't see any of us. Right. Because the, the last two summers. Away, yeah. That it's somewhat livable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, how long was your prep? What, 11 weeks? Was it even that long? I yeah. think it Somewhere had, between 9 and 11 weeks. No, uh, I think it ended up being 11 weeks because I had started a mini cut and then I remember looking at the show and being like, oh, it's a, exactly 11 oh, weeks okay. away. Okay. And we were like, okay, then we need to start like right now. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about 11 to 12 weeks mm-hmm. for someone that's maybe done one or two shows. Do you feel like that is something that somebody could get to the point where they could step on stage in 12 weeks? Or do you recommend people doing it for a little bit longer? Definitely recommend to do it longer, especially like if they had a coach or you mean like on their own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even with a coach, I would still say to be able to do it a little bit longer. Okay. Just because when it's your first time, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I learned this with my prep last year. If you're a parent and you get close to the end and your immune is, your immune system's crap. Right. I got sick three times and each one lasted about a week. Mm -hmm. And those three times were all within the last five weeks of me getting ready for the world's competition. So I spent more time sick throwing up than I did being able to go to the gym and work out right up until I got to that. So you're like, you do have to plan for that. Cause if I had more time Mm -hmm. and honestly, I did have plenty of time, like, but it just so happened that it happened at the very end. Okay. But, like, if you only had those 12 weeks and you got sick a few times, mm-hmm. like, that's 25% of your prep is right. out the window, and that is not enough time. And especially, Chrissy was saying, if you don't have enough muscle, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult because you're going to have to get your body fat level a lot lower right. to be able to show those muscles through the skin. That's going to make it a lot more difficult as well. Plus, if you're ready early, then you're just ready early. If you're not ready and you run out of time, that's a lot worse than being ready early and just being like, now I can chill and eat food. So it's like, Mm -hmm. err on the safer side. Give yourself, I say for most people, at least 16 weeks. Okay. It depends on each person too. If you have a lot of body fat, you might need more than Mm -hmm. 16 weeks. It might not even be a good idea to prep if you have a ton of body fat. Like you might want to get to a better place. I... I don't want to say that I'm special, but I have genetics that I get lean quick and easy and it's fine. So I only did this because it was me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know that I would do this with a client unless I had a client who, was same like thing, you. like yeah. had a favorable body composition to start, knows they could get lean quick, been through the process. I'm very strict, mm-hmm. not once. And I say this with my heart, not once did I mess up on my macros in those 12 weeks. Like... Not yeah. once. No <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. Not once. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very good. So I also know that about me. Like, I don't need room for error because yeah. I don't make errors. Yeah. Like, and some people do. And that's not the end of the world. It's just you need more, a little yeah. bit more time. And that comes with the experience, too. Mm-hmm. Like she said, we don't drink. That's because we've trained ourselves to not drink. Right. You know, like her first prep, she did have a drink here or there. And then realized that we had and to I kind realized. of switch up. And we are like, this is a bad idea. Let's yeah. cut it out. Mm-hmm. But now we're already like we're literally not going to do it anyway, so we don't have to worry about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And we know that she can make a quick prep now, Mm -hmm. so I think now we'll stick to that faster version of it, you know? Because I prepped my first show for eight months, and then all the way my whole season ended up being 11 months, and that for me was just way too long. And I can lose weight fast. Like, I just did a mini cut, Mm -hmm. and I went down 10 pounds in 
four weeks at 28 days, I was down 10 pounds. Okay. All right. Question so. I have for Christy is, I know you've been very, con not concerned, but you want to grow your back. And I said yeah. to her the week or a few days before her show, I was like, her back came in so good. Mm -hmm. yes. What did you do differently? Nothing. So, <laughs> to find out, I have a strong back. And that's what's cool about getting lean, is that you don't know what you have until you your back comes in. Okay. Um, I'm not big enough for figure. Yeah. Um, and I had been told my first season that I was, like, narrow, because I have narrow hips, and mm. I was narrow, like, all the way up. And so I did a lot of work on my back, a lot of back exercises in hopes that my back would grow. And it did a bunch. Like, I was almost broad. Mm -hmm. Like, my opposing coach had to be like, stop flexing. Stop flexing. You look <laughs> like figure. Stop flexing. Um, and she had to remind me, like, multiple times, like, put your lat away. <laughs> At one point during closing class, she was like, this girl's got lats. Um, so, like, I just all over, I'm not big enough for figure. Mm-hmm. Which was fine. I, I ended up having a lot of fun in bikini, and I'm, I'm not married to any certain, um, like, I don't care what I, what I division I compete in. I just want to be good at what I do, so mm -hmm. um, eventually I hope to grow into figure, but I did grow my back well, and as I leaned out, you could really see mm -hmm. I have, like, a lot of definition. I have some good density, so now with that knowledge, just moving forward to the next journey i know like okay i don't have to focus on back i can just grow everything because mm -hmm. my back is mm -hmm. there so that was like a really cool it was a cool thing that we kind of like learned we were like oh mm -hmm. my back's actually yeah fairly strong yeah. like you know it's a strong point for mm -hmm. me it's not a weakness so sweet now matt are mm -hmm. you going to compete anytime soon or are you taking a little I'm taking at least a couple of years off. Okay. Because for bodybuilding, you have to get so lean yeah. that it's like torture at uh -huh. the end. Like literally, at the end, like you don't find enjoyment in much towards the very right, end of right, it. Right. And I think it'll probably be easier the next time because I'm going to definitely try not to diet mm -hmm. for such a significant period of time. But the other issue is that I still have so much more muscle to have to gain. And as a, like someone who has been training for the amount of years I have, I might be lucky if I gain like a half a pound of muscle in a year, okay. you know, and I'm in light, I am in lightweight division at this time. So I have plenty of growing to be able to do. And I still have 10 more pounds to even get out of that division. Mm -hmm. So there's dudes on stage who are 10 more pounds of muscle than me already. So that could literally be like the rest of my lifting career to even get to that point. Right, right. So it's like, uh, and in all honesty, I love just going to the gym every day mm -hmm. and the science of being like, okay, I don't need this many sets for my bicep because it's hurting my tendon and they're growing at this amount of sets. So now I'm going to switch that volume to my tricep. You see like if the, I can. And the science. Yeah. And I enjoy okay. that. And that's why I like coaching Christy so much because yeah. she's like the perfect client. So I can be like, oh, let's see how this works. <laughs> and then and she does it. She comes through and then amazing job with it i love executing so, yeah well, give me a yeah. plan and i will execute it i love it <laughs> so yeah i, I think i'm gonna probably compete at least i'm gonna take this year and next year off i may what will that be leave me at 26 yeah, after I think that we've talked about maybe either 20, yeah 26, something yeah like that. And even if it's 27, I don't care. Okay. Because I'm only going to do it every couple of years. Yeah. So it's like if I do it in 25, I'm probably not going to do it again until 28. So if I do it in 26, it'll be again in 29. You know, like, 
I only have X amount of years left that I'm going to compete. Yeah. And I would rather spend more time growing now before, as a natural athlete, my testosterone is going to get lower every mm. year. So I'd rather get as big as I can now and compete infrequently yeah. and collect the size and then later on maintain the size right. and maybe compete more often because then also the kids will be older so I don't have to worry about them as much. Because like when you're just so tired and the kids are screaming at you, mm-hmm. you have to carry them through the mall and you're, you're like, like I will pay someone to carry my <laughs> child right now. Now have your yeah. kids, I know they're young, but have they given you guys any inkling that they like to like work out or do stuff or are they in their own little child ways? No, they get excited about it. Yeah. Max, our oldest, who's seven, he gets excited about it and he does like the flexing and he'll put on the yeah. medals and stuff sometimes. <laughs> they have like no showing of like that they want to lift any specific right, weights. Right. And then Ben, he's only three and a half so he doesn't really know otherwise but I wouldn't be surprised. He is oh, like, yeah, yeah okay. he's like living oh, with a rugby player. He oh, is, all right. Yeah, to get into it. A human wrecking ball. Right. Yep. Now, you said are you, you're not doing anything for the rest of this year, or... Yeah, I am... So, the World Championship in 2024 is in Boston. Okay. So, um, a couple of my friends, um, some of my friends from London and um, other places in the U.S., they are set to do that show, and because it's in Boston, for me, that's just, like, it's going to be super fun, mm-hmm. and it's like my overall huge goal so it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to compete from now until then I guess I could mm-hmm. but I know I know that I'm a competitive pro so why not take the time to like just recover and really set sights I want to have fun this summer yeah we have a trip to Italy planned in October so like I don't want to be dieting I just want to have fun and I want to bring a little bit more size to the stage I think I would be competitive as it stands but mm-hmm. why not be undeniable you know so that's for sure where I have my sights set I'll probably do like a couple shows like warm-up shows and then that show will be November of 2024 okay. um so that's for sure I already tried to jump in another show I was like nah this show is in like six weeks and I'm already lean and he was like Christy yeah because <laughs> I really just I she got the bug <laughs> I know. I love it so much. It's so fun for me. I have so much fun on stage. I just it's a blast. It really is. It's just fun. She does have a blast. I will give her that. I will give her that. I have so much to win. I was like spinning around up there on stage. Now did you know a lot of the girls that competed against you this year or no No. I almost knew no one I met some girls there and now we're like buddies the girl who got second place we were waiting to get urine tested together yeah like top three had to get urine tested and we were just like you're so beautiful no you're so beautiful and then we like exchanged instagrams and now we're friends but I had no idea who was showing up to that show and usually it's niche enough that I know enough people on instagram to like Usually I can figure out who's mm-hmm. going to be there, but it was, this is like a really random time to compete. Usually a lot of the girls hoard their competition season in the fall because mm-hmm. that's when Worlds is and that's what everybody wants to do. So it's kind of random to do a summer show. So I was like, I have no idea really who's showing up. It was kind of nice not to know. It was kind of nice like, oh, not yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. Psychologically, it was just easier, I guess. 
Yeah, because then you start to compare yourself, yeah. and you look like an insane detective right. trying to find yeah. a murderer. You're like connecting yarn on the wall, yeah. and you're like, "How did her glue get this good? Who did this yeah. bad?" She's and freaking this, and like yeah. psychologically, I had no idea, and it was just easy. Okay. Yeah. But do you do that on a normal basis? Like, do you look at girls that might compete yeah, and be not- like? Do you have to like cut her off yeah, and be definitely. like stop? Yeah. Because yeah. I know if I ever did it, I'd yeah. be like, what the hell? Yeah. Why is this girl? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> well, as you look yeah. at people who actually win, it's never the same body. Like no right. one fits a mold. But when you're looking at something on social media, everyone's trying to fit that mold. Right. You know what I mean? So you're looking at it, and you're like, this girl won. I need to look like that. But this girl won. I need to look like that. And you're like, these, all of them look different. Like. Just bring the package. Because like, at the end of the day, and I tell her this all the time, yes, like you're yes. subjective. Like You aren't getting up there to look like a rule book. You need to look, get up there, and you're an object to your judges. Right. Like You know what I mean? You you could be a stripper at that point. Like <laughs> You just need to be someone who's getting the attention of the people who are sitting in front mm-hmm. of you. You need to put on the show, and you need to show off what you brought to that stage to get their brain mm-hmm. to tell themselves, this is the woman or man yeah. that I want to win this competition. Do you have to have all those things in the rule book? Yes. Do you have to look exactly like the body they put on that poster? No. Every year it's a different type of body that ends up winning and everyone has certain strengths. And to some degree it's all an algorithm of who did show up at this show. Mm -hmm. And like maybe the one who has the shoulders is going to be at Worlds, but you have the glute. So the glute won you because they didn't show their shoulder well. And you know, it all has those little things, which is why it's pointless to just get so into like... I need to look like this woman. And it's like, if you get so focused on that, you might not have the genetics for those shoulders, Mm -hmm. but you have it for that glute, but you focused on the shoulders and now you have neither. And now you're getting on stage with the shoulders and the other girl who has the glute. And now you have neither. So you just have to play your strength Mm -hmm. and be undeniable to the judges and just... You had said to me at one point, it like really stuck out for me. It was something like, no one is going to beat you if anyone beats you it's you like your mindset is what's going to lose like mm-hmm. the only thing you have to worry about is like keeping your head on straight like right. there's nothing wrong with your physique so that's what you should be concerned mm-hmm. with not the way you look like not your body or this and that like it's your mindset bring that's trick to bring yeah. to the show and i was like ah and it is a subjective sport, you know what I mean? Right. It's not like powerlifting where it's like, okay, good, you lifted this amount of weight and that's more than that person and now you win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always times where they're like, oh, this person did have a better back pose, but you know what? They kind of turned the wrong way. They didn't have their heels out enough and now they didn't show their glute ham tie-in. So Christy ended up getting that one instead. And that's what won her the show. You know, it can literally be... If it really comes down to it, your yeah. foot placement yeah. one time when you turned around and just how the light hit underneath you. you know? That's so why like, they say during your whole prep to pose, right? And, mm-hmm. and practice that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people wait till the end, well, newbies, yeah. and then they're like, oh, oh don't, don't, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> don't be You're yeah. never going to beat me on the stage <laughs> if that's you because I wear my heels every, every Uh even my dad he watched the show he's like you're pretty smooth on stage (laughs) like i'm so comfortable in them it's like sneakers i could run in them Mm -hmm. i could run on a treadmill in them without even thinking like Mm -hmm. and i was not like that i was pretty awkward at first it took years yeah but you also practiced a lot so i mean every day i woke up put my heels on pose walk pose walk Mm -hmm. Wednesdays and Thursdays, I did posing classes. So every single morning I posed, except for Sunday, I gave myself rest. But not even at the end. Even at the end on mm-hmm. Sundays, I posed. And then Wednesdays at 7.30 and Thursdays at 5. So 
you, I, I'm not, that's the thing, like, you can mess up your foot placement and lose, but I'm not, I can mess up my foot placement and still win, because I'm not letting anything, you have to be, like, undeniable, right, and I'm not saying no yeah. one can beat me, mm -hmm. but I'm bringing everything, so mm -hmm. good, good luck if you're not posing, or, you know, I could probably not hit my pose in every way and still win, because I'm bringing overall muscularity and leanness and like that sort of whole package. So it's like you don't, you almost don't have to worry so much about every little detail if you're really, really good. And that's kind of how I strive to be. Only mm -hmm. I still worry about every little detail. Of course. <laughs> On top of that. That's human, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, just to back up. Christy had said you guys went to opposing, I mean, a judging seminar to mm -hmm. learn about judging. Yes. Um. So you guys in the future want to judge competitions? Yeah, I'll definitely judge. Now, doing that seminar, I'm sure you got taught a lot of things. Did that help you in this prep going into it? Because you knew kind of... Yes, because okay. that's how we found... Her posing coach ah. that we ended up using. Okay. She, after the judging seminar, was, was offering great. classes for it. And since we're, since we have clients, we were yeah. like, let's learn a little bit more about everything. Like even men's physique, which yeah, we did I don't do anyways. Oh, okay. Like everything. I had no idea what I was doing. I never do that posing. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, you just jump in on that too. So we just did all the posing that we could. Oh, fun. And then we ended up finding uh, Michelle Welcome, who was the posing coach that we wanted to use. So then she. It was I didn't learn a ton because I studied the division, so I knew what the judging criteria was. It's nice to have dialogue with other judges and like for them to see you and you to see them and to hear specifically like what they're looking for. It wasn't anything like new or exciting for me. Like I'm you could throw me in a show and I could probably judge because I've been looking at pictures of girls for so freaking long and going to shows and doing my own shows mm -hmm. and, and talking. Um, but it was nice to, like, reiterate those things that they're really looking for. And, like, one of the things that stuck out for me is Nancy was, like, I'm, I'm kind of always going to award muscularity. So, like, if I'm pushing muscularity for bikini, that's better than being under-muscled kind of thing yeah. so it works out those little like question marks in your brain of like why did they choose this over that um and i will definitely judge I'm, i don't want to judge right now because i'm still competing and that's like weird because mm. i want to judge bikini yeah um but i will judge amateur bikini i as, as soon as i have enough time to do anything else with my life <laughs> okay yeah. i love that I think and it's then great you do learn at the posing seminar a little bit about those, like the subjectivity of it, of where they'll be teaching and they'll be like, okay, so this person looks like this and I think I would have given them first place and then they switch the slide and they're like, oh, this person won second place. Okay, so actually yeah. the judges yeah. must have found this to be the reason because this was the angle and then you realize you're like, okay, unless you're like absolutely undeniable. Right. Yeah. Like, there's little things that right. the rule book literally will say that, but it's like, if you present yourself well enough, you could get them to score. And okay. sometimes they disagree. Like Nancy, who is yeah. owns the WMBF, she was saying, she's like, oh, you know, I picked this person for first place, but the rest of the judging panel picked this person, so that's who won. And like, okay. that's sometimes they're split like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go on to the next 
little thing. Your little business, which mm-hmm. you're still keeping, is a little business. Yeah. Yes. Um, you officially have a little name for it. Yes. So what is the name of it? We are super original. Yeah, we just bled ourselves <laughs> yeah. dry coming up with the name for this. Yeah. It's uh, K&M Nutrition and Training. Okay. Yeah. Training and Training nutrition. Training and nutrition. Okay. Yes. And people can buy the merch because you do have merch. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's actually from a company called Nomad Nurse Company, one of our friends who nice. makes merchandise. Yeah. If anyone and she's wants a nurse? Yeah. She okay. is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... I know you guys are totally booked with clients. Yes, um, very booked. And I know you have a waiting list, so if anyone's listening and wants to work with these two, you might have to wait a little bit. <laughs> but um, how is all that going? Like, have you guys added since I both talked, like, to each of you, have you added yeah, any? Three well, people today. Three people today? Three more people today, okay. yeah. We're just kind of suckers, because, like, we're like, we're not Please helping help me. anyone no. else, yeah. and then someone comes along, and I'm such a people person, I'm like, I love this person, yeah. we need to take them, they gave me such a great story, yeah. and Matt will be like, no one else, and then you did it, too. And then I'll come back, and I'll be like, I said yes to two we more just, people, yeah. and then we're like, and she'll be like, I said yes to two yeah, more people, too, yeah. and we're like, and we're oh, working okay. on four programs on Sunday at midnight. Okay. Um, we so we have over twenty clients. We have some clients who've been with us for over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We have a couple that's been with us for like a few, almost two years now. Like we have some solid mm-hmm. people who are there kind of from the start, and we also have some new people. So it is a lot of fun, but it keeps us so busy. And every time. We bring on someone, mm-hmm. they have like five people that yeah. want. Yeah, so it's like it happens a lot. And now our reach goes as far as we have people in Maryland. Where's Matt from? Maryland also. They're both Maryland because they, they were connected. So now mm-hmm. we're starting to like even branch out. And even today, one of the girls that I trained sent me a girl and she's like, she's not happy with her coach. I told her she has to talk to you. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, here we go. And I love the competitors. So I'm like, um always willing but if um anyone is is interested they could just reach out to my instagram i don't know if you can just like, add it add it or whatever and they can message me and i can let them know like what the time frame is mm-hmm. and just get to know them a little because there is like a little process to just make sure that i we are the right coaches some people we might like not be we're virtual only so if you need an in-person like personal trainer, obviously, like that's not gonna work out, you know. Yeah. So we just like I'll, I kind of just screen people a little. That way, it's like why wait if mm-hmm. it's not gonna work out. So that's it's always fine to shoot me a message. Okay, are you guys getting more people that want to compete, or is it more lifestyle, or is it like a mix? Definitely okay. more lifestyle. It was okay. all lifestyle for a while. Okay. Um, and then we have... We've added competitors. competitors We started with more lifestyle and we've been adding more competitors. Just because I think with my success and the success that Matt had, um, it's just been more interesting to competitors who haven't done so well on their own or with their coach and they're like, look how easy and happy Christy is Mm -hmm. and she still won. Like, so... I think we've been more attractive recently to competitors. So it started with like lifestyle and then 
we still have, we have a most is lifestyle, but we've been getting more inquiries from competitors. Okay. Almost yeah. than lifestyle. Like it well, almost switched. Cool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely cool. And we don't have anyone who's competing like just just yet because yeah, we, we were do. new to switching. Natalie. Oh yeah, but we wanted to do you first. So yeah. that was what okay. I was gonna say is we wanted to get her through the prep first, you yeah. know, to really see that we were both able to handle it together. Because we had some, our clients who are competing, we were like, we don't do prep coaching, like, but we can bring you over to some other people. Like, we yeah. can get you to 16 weeks out, and then you can start with one of these other coaches. And all of the ones who are competing refused to leave. Yeah, they were like, so they were like, just do it. Just do this it. for me. They were, mm-hmm. You know, so they trusted us. They want to go through it. And so far, it's all going along really well. And, I mean, I have to say, at the end of the day, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have... we're in a lot of good company that we have coaches that we can reach out to like the coach that prepped us last time Sam Okanola he is like he's phenomenal and he will reach out to us when we put something up and he'll ask us if we want to talk about anything and sometimes he'll just have a thought and he'll like shoot us a voice message on Instagram and be like I was thinking about this and he's awesome and then even the um Steve and Pascal over at Revive Stronger they talk a lot with us about a lot of stuff as well and Honestly, almost anyone else in the fitness industry yeah, do because like so good. It's yeah, about yeah. That, being like I have this question, and they'll like as many followers as they have and popularity that they have, they will stop and take the time and fully answer the question and like dive deep. And so we have like a lot of good support, and it's yeah, it's really nice. And we do constant ongoing education for ourselves. Like yeah. we each probably do what between. Like two to four hours every week. Yeah. Books, podcasts. We've mm-hmm. been to seminars. We'll go to anything. Yeah. Because it's just genuinely we, fun. We went to London to do a seminar to learn about bodybuilding. Anything we can do to like be better. Yeah. We're like all in. And it's a business, but it is our hobby. Right. At the end of the day. Right. And that's what's great about it, which is why we don't take on a ton of clients. Because mm-hmm. then... Right. When it becomes your job, it becomes a stress. When it becomes a stress, right. it no longer is a hobby. And then it's so closely linked to what we really love is just us being in right. the gym. Right. And then I'm like, well, now I hate the thing that I used to love right. the most. So this is great. And then you just have to like, That's why you know. I don't do any in-person training. I'm like, I love my time at the gym. Yeah. I love to like put my headphones in. I already oh, talked so to everyone because right, 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 right. I cannot be training yeah. someone on top of it. Once in a while, if someone's struggling, sure. But like, no, it needs to be me time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, do you want to get into these fun questions? Yes. Yeah, well, sure. actually, yeah. statements. Um, all right, in no random order, I'm just going to pick and pick choose, one. and you guys can tell me yes or no. Okay. Okay, so let's see. <laughs> I'm nervous about these. I don't know if no. I'm going to be ready. No, they're, ready. they're, they're fun. All right. Different carbs mm-hmm. digest differently. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. But, I mean, yeah. you could go with just, like, simply the glycemic index, which mm, is the right. speed of how fast carbs digest. And it also makes them useful on different levels as well. You know, like, if you're going to wake up and you're going to go to the gym, if you wake up at 5 and you have to be at the gym at 6, you sure as hell aren't going to eat oatmeal before you go. You know what I mean? And then fly straight to the gym. But if you wake up and you have Gatorade, then you'll be able to make it there. It's going to metabolize so much faster. And then, I mean, even there, if you're going to have like sugar from different sources, even just that short chain 
sugar can break down differently. Like if you're going to have um, like fructose mm-hmm. at the same time that you're going to have Gatorade, those will both break down differently and they will both absorb faster together than if you just drank Gatorade. So like if you wanted something that was going to affect you very fast, if you were like really on your way to the gym, you had no time whatsoever and you drank fruit juice and Gatorade, that would actually absorb faster because you can transport both of them separately, which would hit your bloodstream faster that way. So in a diet or a meal plan, Mm -hmm. should somebody stick with just one source of carbs? Like long chain versus short chain or like... rice. And don't mix it up with, like, sweet potatoes. Oh, my God. No, not at all. Eat everything. Yeah. Yeah, you always want to eat a variety of food because at the end of the day, carbohydrates and carbohydrates, food is a food, and they're all going to carry different nutrients for you. So, like, people could be like, I'm a bodybuilder. It needs to be chicken and rice and broccoli, which is the stupidest thing ever because people think that you're just going to run off of macronutrients, and they completely forget about micronutrients, which is so unhealthy for you. There's also different types of carbs have different kind of fiber. So like the fiber in fruit um, versus like the fiber you get in oatmeal and they're both very healthy and very good for your gut. So it's also another reason. And I will say just to put a different twist on your question, like you had talked about the speed, but you can break down, I think, different carbs or even food differently depending on what. And this is like a... This isn't something I feel so comfortable like expanding on. I just know a little bit of because I don't think even scientifically we have a good perfect idea of. But you're you have certain gut bacteria, and if your gut bacteria, like you might have a difficult time breaking down broccoli, and you get mm-hmm. bloated when you eat broccoli, and you get gassy. Where I could swallow probably a pound of broccoli whole, and nothing happened. So you also different people react differently just according to their gut microbiome kind of as it is um so it's not necessarily that you should limit any type of food but obviously if you find a food that's giving you like horrible pain and bloating like maybe maybe avoid that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that's another even like angle to look at that okay next one increasing the intake of fruits and veggies will cause weight loss quicker yes yeah. One thing is you're going to poop a lot more. Yeah. So that will absolutely make that happen. Increasing that too will probably inadvertently help in the sense that now you're increasing the volume of food that's yep. in your stomach. So you're not going to eat as many calorie dense foods. If you eat a pound of cheese, it's going to be a lot more than a pound of tomatoes. Right. You know, so if you're filling up with vegetables at every meal, you're going to be less hungry, which is going to lead to less intake, which is going to lead to weight loss. Yeah. And then, like Chrissy said, with the with your uh, fiber intake mm-hmm. as well. It's yeah. So... Less, more food for less calories. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. You can eat more without eating more calories. And you also feel better when you eat more fruit and vegetables, which is like maybe just, I don't know. I feel so much better when there's like, I'm just eating like a ton of Well, one thing to go with that is that, like Chris, you were saying, there's different types of fiber and what you'll get from fruit is insoluble fiber. So you have soluble fiber, which is anything that would like absorb with, would absorb water into it. So like oatmeal is a soluble fiber that's going to just collect water, put more weight in your stool and make it easier to pass. But the thing is, when it comes to insoluble fiber, if you think of like the skin on a kiwi, you're Mm -hmm. eating that, that's insoluble fiber. 
it could sit in water and it's not going to fluff up. It's insoluble. What that's going to do is it's going to scrape the lining of your intestines as you're eating. That's going to make your intestines much more active. It's going to make you absorb food better. It's going to affect your stool's consistency. It's so, so, so important to be able to get that. And fiber really is fairly misunderstood because it's been very underfunded for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now they are starting to learn a lot more about the benefits of fiber and how much a person actually has. But you are truly going to feel better. On top of that, you are going to get so many micronutrients between your fruits and your vegetables. And all of your cells are powered off of those things. It's not like every cell in your body is just powered off of protein, fat, and carbs. Like you need those micronutrients and they're not going to come from meat, you know. So you do need. Okay. Um, Eat more protein, exclude fat and carbs to build muscle. No, not at all. I mean, fat and carbs in such a way are anabolic. And Mm -hmm. essentially when it comes to building muscle, you have to worry about two things. And this is the essence of it, whether you're on steroids, whether you're natural, your body's not going to create more muscle unless you're concerned the very basis of catabolism and anabolism. And carbs and fat are both anabolic. They're going to help you create the energy that's needed to be able to create more muscle. Need all three. Yeah. And they are going to oxidate as energy. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need them. You can't need, do it just off of protein. Need fats for your hormones. Mm-hmm. You can't build muscle. Need all three. Now, do you yes. hear a lot of people say, like, because they don't understand that it's all about the protein, protein, protein. I need protein, protein. Or okay. is it just like you guys been doing this so long so you understand it? Because a lot of women are still afraid of carbs. Some women oh, are like, yeah. Everything do you hear is. that though? Like, oh my God. Oh, I need tons of protein. I need to do X amount of protein. Oh yeah. And we, there's people out there that I know who are like, carbs are so bad. All I can eat is fat. And then three months later, your gallbladder is getting taken out. Cause they're like, I thought it was good to eat a pound of bacon at every meal because that's what Rob Lowe said, you know? And, but you really, really do. You need your fruits and vegetables at the mm-hmm. end of the day. You need your carbohydrates. I mean, your muscles have a specific storage system that creates energy out of carbs. If that doesn't tell you that carbs are good for you, then you sadly are undereducated mm. and you're just listening to too many well, tales I about the danger. People think of carbs and they think of cake and chips, but they don't realize that's carbs fat. and fat. Right. Like that's the yeah. combination. If you take that away and you look at your healthy carbs, that's sweet potatoes, that's oatmeal, that's whole wheat pasta, that's rice, that's potatoes, that's fruits, you know? So it's like, it's not, it's what should be demonized is like the highly processed, high caloric food. It's not specifically carbs. Yes, and that's the thing is people don't understand the breakdown. Like people will be like... Oh, you know, like, I really like to stay away from carbs, like a donut. And I'm like, that's well, it's a just a fried ring. Cream. You know what Ice I mean? Like, a you know, fat. yeah. Ten of like, fat, ton of sugar. Yeah. That's okay. all of it. Delicious. <laughs> all right. Um, calories don't matter as much as carbs or fat content. In terms of, like, weight loss mm-hmm. or weight gain, it's only Either about one. your calories. Yeah, so uh, breaking well, not it down, only, but the basis. Bre- yeah. taking your calories and breaking it down into macros is just a way that basically we can know that you're getting enough protein to spare your muscles, and then you kind of divide up the carbs and fats to still hit calories. 
but you have to be under a certain amount of calories, more calories. You have to burn more calories than you eat. And that's sort of the basis, like basic of dieting, taking, so you could just eat those calories and you're going to lose weight if you're eating less. But if you break it down into to macros, now we have a little bit of handle on how, making sure you get enough protein, making sure you have at least enough fat to support like your hormones and those, those type of things. So it's just having an extra handle, mm-hmm. but it really is still about meeting, being under those, yeah. those calories. Yep. Which is actually where the idea that people think keto is like the best way to lose weight. Reality, all you're doing is taking out 30% of your macronutrients. So if you're eating 30% less food, of Of course course you're going to lose weight because you're having... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say that's how all diets are, right? Intermittent fasting, you just have a window that you don't eat. So therefore, you're not going to eat a ton of calories in the window you have. They're all based on eating less calories. It's just like, what is the least painful way to do that? Mm -hmm. And I just so prefer macros because you will waste your muscle. So -hmm. you do have to still lift and you do have to eat enough protein. So at least by breaking it down in macros, we can be like, you're losing fat and not fat and bone and muscle and water and like all those things you can just lose with Mm. keto, you know, not paying attention. Yeah, which is very important for... Composition. And older adult health, too. Like, sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle naturally as you age, is such a huge issue. And if you weren't doing what you needed, like, if you were just doing something like keto or intermittent fasting just to be able to lose weight and you weren't preserving muscle, guess what you're not going to do when you're 45? You're not going to increase your calories to try to gain weight to gain more (laughs) muscle. So now, at 45, you now have no muscle to use for the rest of your life. And you're literally one slip outside from going to a nursing home for the rest of your life. And, and to bring a superficial edge, you just end up kind of skinny fat. If you want <laughs> that you composition, like, yeah. you, if you want to look toned, if you want all that, it's going to take muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, you really need to have a balance of fat. You need to have a balance of bone density. You, need, you can be healthy at just about any size. Like, mm-hmm. people think, like, I need to be a size zero to be healthy. And it's like... If you're size zero, but you're 40% body fat and have no muscle tone whatsoever, then you're like, no, (laughs) yeah. You're like that person who weighs 210 pounds is probably still healthier than you. And that's the sad reality of it. Okay. All right. To put on muscle, it's all in your genes. No, 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 no. (laughs) Certainly not. Genes play a role. Yeah. Genetics It's all in your work ethic. It's... It's your worth ethic, but I also think it's education because, and consistency. Those are the main things in rest. So that's the problem is there's a lot that goes into building muscle. You need, you can't really program, program hop, which people like to do. You have to be consistent, which is for years, not consistent for six weeks while you Mm -hmm. feel motivated right before the summer. Like, my physique, everyone was like, oh my God, you look so good. That wasn't the 11 weeks of dieting. That was the three yeah. years of mass gaining yeah. that came before yeah. that. So it takes like a certain day in and day out grit um, of lifting, eating, resting. And genetics play some role. Some people are just going to be more prone to build muscle than others. And that's just is what it is. But anybody can build muscle. People just don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, too, genetically, if you're not that person that's going to build a lot of muscle, it's going to take even probably longer, longer for you to 
get to the point you are at. So, and I see a lot of people, and I don't know if you guys see it, but like scroll on Instagram and say the girl that's looking on Instagram is like 5'3", yeah. and they're looking at like 5'11 girls being like, why don't I have a physique like that? Well, you're never going yeah. to have that physique. So, a lot of the times it's the opposite. Like you'll see a girl who's 4'11", uh -huh. and she looks like an absolute beefcake, yeah. Yeah. and then you meet them in real life, and you're like, you're 97 pounds. But if yeah. you put your camera in the right oh, spot, yeah. you have like, this, yeah, and the sun is shining on you with just the perfect angle, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, there's no way. And then you see them in real life, and you're like, Oh, oh, oh yeah. also good with a your lot camera. of lies on Instagram. There's a lot of Photoshop. Mm -hmm. There's a yeah. lot of butt implants. There's a lot of BBLs. There's yeah. a lot of that people don't even have muscle. They just have surgery. Mm -hmm. Now they're famous. Yeah. That is mm -hmm. another. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, true. And at the end of the day, it truly is all about progression mm -hmm. over a long period of time. Like we really preach. And not that you have to do this, but we really like using the macros because it's a way that we can always monitor our progress. Right. And we really work strictly on our form. But if you go to the gym, like there's still going to be guys that have muscle and they might not, they're not as muscular as they could be, but they still got muscular. Like even if you're doing it wrong, still doing it is gonna, no, I shouldn't say wrong. Even if you're doing it suboptimally, you're still going to gain muscle more than not doing it. Right. You know, and. That's it. We try to... Consistency will always win. Yeah. If you keep an eye on your protein and your sleep and you go to the gym day in and day out, people always... They, it's been six weeks, they don't see results, they're done. They Back to up. cardio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. completely. Yeah. All right. Crunches mm -hmm. are the best movement for your core. Uh, <laughs> core? Which muscle in your core are you talking about? All it says was, what I found was okay. crunches right, are the right, best right. move for your core. To be honest, it really all depends on how your skeleton is built. You know what I mean? Like, that's like saying squats are the best exercise for your life. <laughs> There's no best exercise for anything. There's yeah. really not. There's just exercises. Some work better than others. There's nothing for your core First of all, I don't like crunches for your core. I prefer like a deadlift, like something that works your inner core muscles. Mm -hmm. Crunches work the top of your abs, if that's what you're looking for is the top of your abs. I think that's different than your core. Your core is even like your erectors mm -hmm. and your back. So there's not going to be one exercise that works your entire core. Yeah. And two, if you mean core by getting abs... Genetics and the diet is going to matter more yeah. than anything. And it all depends on... My yes. I loved her. She just got all feisty yeah. over this. I like it. Because I hate Because she can't... You should see her do a crunch. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the point, I was though. not made like that. Crunches do work for me. That is one thing that works well for me. But all not other ab movements core, don't work well though. for me. Crunches work well for your abs. Your yeah. I'm just speaking core. in the generality of an ab exercise. <laughs> Which is why I specified before, like, what core right, are you talking right. about? It's not Because you have to break it down. Like, you can't just say what's best for your arms. You know what right, I mean? Right. There's no best There's no best exercise for anything, really. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what it is, is every exercise that you've ever seen in, a, in an exercise physiology book is an exercise for a reason, and they all have to be applied in the right scenario, which is why education is key. Like, the best exercise possible that could possibly work for a very specific person. Like, say hip thrust did work great for Christy to mm -hmm. build her glute, but she did it for 14 years without ever taking a break. At some point, you'd be like, you know what? Honestly, probably just picking up your purse would work better than this hip thrust right now. 
you know, because at some point it's going to get stale. You're going to need to work on something else. You're going to take a little step away from it for a while. You're going to come back. You're going to be more excited. You're going to push harder. You're going to create more muscle that way. So really, I just like want she to said, drive home that you there can is do no best exercise up and down all day, every day. And you're not going to see a, a smidge of abs if you don't have a diet. They are built in the kitchen. True, so, true, true. <laughs> you can do them all day and you're not getting nothing out of them. Yeah. Okay, since we talked about hip thrust, let's go into this one. Yeah. You can build your glutes. This is mine. Without building the rest of your legs. I'm going to say false because it's very hard to build your glutes without building your hamstrings. It's very hard to build your glutes without building your quads too because like, yes, there are separate exercises, but you're never going to get strong enough. Your whole posterior chain has to be strong. Like, good luck lifting the barbell that you need to put over your glute if you're weak everywhere else. I, I was bringing, I was talking to somebody about this who was like, I don't, I don't work my upper body, right? I don't want my upper body. And I was like, that's fine, but you're not going to have enough upper body strength to be able to do what you need to do for your lower body. Like, so it is, yes, I think you can pick exercises that maybe target your glute and hamstrings more. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you completely neglect your quads and your upper body. Yeah. The other thing, too, at the end of the day, we didn't all come from single-cell organisms that were, like, outside of a wow. You know what I mean? Like, we evolved as humans to use all of these muscles in order right. to be able to yeah. bend and move and do this. Right. And then we created these workouts quite a ways down the line after we developed legs. So you, they're all going to work together, you and know, it, unless you're very specific about it's a doing good, one little thing. It's a good point too. like being so driven by vanity, just get stronger. Right. Like it doesn't, you're having a big butt is going to come get, just get stronger. Like don't mm. pick and choose what you want to get stronger so that you can only look a certain way. Get your whole body stronger yeah. and your physique's going to be what you want. And then you end up overdoing it anyways, and then you just tire out with doing that, and you end up ultimately not building anything. Yeah, I agree. All right. Still with the whole lower body glue mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. system. Do you think men should be working this muscle group more than the average person does in the gym? Take it away, baby. Should they be working glutes more? Yes. I think men absolutely have to work glutes yeah. more. But for, do you for see For a multitude it? of reasons. Oh, no, 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 no. Because okay. men think that they're too tough ah, to okay. be able to do it. I know it's... But honestly, if men approach me about it, there's like a couple of things that you could say. I could be like, listen, <laughs> if we're going to walk away from a group of people, there's one person they're going to be looking at, and it's going to be me and not, not you, you because you have not been doing any of your glute exercises. The other thing I could do is be like... Just do what I do. Put on bikini bottoms and get in front of a judge and be as shredded as possible. And when you have that pancake on stage, you're going to be like, shit, I should have really done those hip thrusts. Not for nothing, if you're worried about your hip thrusts, all you're doing is really being worried about men staring at you at the gym. Right. Not for nothing, I don't go to the gym because I'm concerned with men staring at me. Who Whoever the hell wants to stare at me can stare. I'm going to do, I'm there for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the exercise I have to do. And also, none of your lower body is going to get stronger because... This is also why you see men go one quarter of the way down on their squats or they're slamming every machine. And it's not because of their testosterone lowering or an injury. It's because they don't have an ass to be able to facilitate the rest of the movement. And that's what it is. You'll see them, they'll go halfway down on their squat, they have 315, and then they just come right back up a quarter of the way down. Mm -hmm. Because at the bottom, where humans are developed to be able to use that glute in the bottom of the squat, and you can't do that if you've never worked it. 
which is why every man who's over 16 years old is just forever doing a quarter squat. I'm here for or this. they have a badonk if they've actually been doing squats. And good for them. And they True. know better. I'm yeah. here for the superficial, too. Like, I don't want to see a little arrow butt when you turn around. Yeah, exactly. Like, please, exactly. bring some legs to the table. Yeah. It's cute. Okay, so next statement. Longer workouts are more meaningful. No. 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 I mean, my workouts, I get in like probably 26 to 30 sets during the time that I'm there. And it's usually around like an hour and 15 minutes that I'm there. You really, it really doesn't need to go much longer. You really start to nosedive. Your, if you're training the way you should with intensity, you really start to nosedive. Your, you start to get very tired and then it almost ends up becoming junk volume. Mm-hmm. You can do way too many movements and way too many sets and most of it was just useless and it's adding to like systemic fatigue on my leg days i have five exercises i very rarely go over three sets of each my legs have grown insane amount and it's because i push very close to failure and that's it you don't need a ton of exercises you don't need a long workout i hardly change up my leg routine i've done the same basically two leg days for years you really just, what people miss is intensity. So mm-hmm. instead of bringing those sets they have close to failure, they just do a ton of sets not close to failure. And it's all just junk compared yeah. to doing like three solid sets. Yeah. Yeah. People end up equating like a lactic acid buildup mm. to actual building muscle. Right. You know, like they're like, oh, I bench pressed 95 pounds 40 times in a row. So, and that yeah. burnt a lot. So I'll just do that for the rest yeah, of my like, life. That was a good lung workout. Yeah. yeah. And what's yeah. going to happen is your body's not stupid. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, Christy's just bench pressing the same amount over and over and over. So we don't need anything. You know, it's like if right. you knew that it took you one gallon of gas to get to work and your job wasn't getting farther away, you wouldn't need more gas. So mm-hmm. your body's not going to adjust. Because muscle is a liability for your body. Like, your body does not want and like to be overly muscled because then it's just more work that it has to do. So unless you're proving to your body that you're going to keep upping the ante, it's not going to happen. And at the end of the day, what most people are doing by doing a very long workout is like you're going to destroy your muscle because ultimately you're made out of amino acids. And if you aren't properly fueling it, no one's eating enough protein. So if you're not properly fueling them, you're going to crank away in your biceps. And guess what's going to happen? Your quads are going to have their, not necessarily your quads, but those amino acids that are needed to build your biceps are coming from somewhere in your body. So mm-hmm. somewhere in your muscle, is that's going to be taken away. And that's going to be changed from nutrition. You know, if you have a, an adequate amount of protein, then it's probably not going to happen. But even if you're still outworking the amount of protein you have, your amino acids are going to get pulled from somewhere, which means you could be destroying your ass to build your biceps. And then the next week when you overdo your ass, you're overdoing that to take away from your biceps. And it's just going to be this constant back and forth, which is... Far more important than length is intensity and, like, Mm -hmm. intent. Mm -hmm. Intent. Yeah. I'm usually more tired by the end, I'm not lying, the end of my first or second set than I see most people at the end of their two-hour workouts. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, we can do two more hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. More sweat equals a better workout. I never sweat. I never sweat. (laughs) I never sweat. Never. I don't think a drop of sweat has come off of me. Never. Sometimes I sweat. 
Because it's hot in there and I get annoyed. I'm like, oh, I'm sweaty right now. Yeah. This is gross. If you see us sweating, then you know we're on anabolic. Because that's the only reason that we're, we would be sweating while I we're think in the gym. sweating is, can be genetics, first of all. Like, some people just sweat more than others. And you really need to be resting enough in between sets that maybe you worked up like a sweat with that first set of squats. But then you are resting until you are back to not sweating before mm-hmm. you do it again. So I think, I don't. We don't sweat. No, yeah. We Most people sweat. think that it's like, oh, unless I'm sweating, that's going to be my body getting hotter, which is going to burn more calories. Means and in all thing. honesty, if you have a big old set of quads, the friction that's being pushed through those quads during every set is going to create a lot more heat than you just doing like a really shitty set of lunges and mm-hmm. then jump rope. You yeah. know, like what you see people doing and then you're really like, just okay, like... just getting hot. Like that would yeah. be the equivalent of saying you never have to work out and you can just go in a sauna. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ooh, could you see if that's all we had to do? Yeah. yeah. That would be great. Yeah, right. So great. <laughs> all right. Um, morning workouts increase metabolism. Not necessarily. No, yeah. It's not really going to change. I mean, the best thing when it comes to your workouts, I would say, is do what's going to be conducive to your life. You know, like, for example, before we had our son in daycare, I was having to wake up at 4.30 to get to the gym by 5.30. And when I was doing that, my workouts were shit. Mm -hmm. Like, they were terrible workouts because you're just not motivated. Mm -hmm. Now, with my job and my timing, I'm able to eat two meals and I can get there by noon. And I am, like, my volume is up. My intensity is up. My recovery is up. I also am sleeping a little bit more. Like, it's very important to just do what's going to work for your life. And sleep is so important. If you're waking up early, extra early to work out, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like, if you're only getting six hours or five hours of sleep so you can get up early to wake up, you're basically shooting yourself in yeah. the foot. Like, you're almost better off just getting your sleep. Yeah. If you if that's when you have to get your workout in, because that's when you have to get your workout in, then that's what you have to do. But you're almost better off getting it. Like, I do it after work, and I have a whole... I have a whole day's meal and like that to me is better. I'm a little bit tired after work, but the latter would be waking up very early to go. Mm-hmm. And that to me, I get more benefit from. So I don't think the timing, I, I almost never, almost never, ever, ever do an early morning workout because I just, I do it at four o'clock when yeah. I get out of work and I build plenty of muscle that way. So this is how serious we are about trying to get our sleep that she, I yeah. I love to sleep. No, I yeah. love to sleep too. So. And it, it's anabolic. I mean, half the dudes who are, or anyone who's using anabolics but aren't actually having like efficient workouts or know what they're mm-hmm. doing could probably stop that completely and they could sleep and they would be able to raise their testosterone levels. You know, like the amount of men who need to go on testosterone replacement, it's like, it's easy when you meet a doctor and they're like, oh, I'm going to have to coach you on how to sleep. I'm going to have to teach you how to eat. I'm going to have to teach you how to lift weights. Or I could just give you this cream or this injection and that's going to take care of it. Right. But that comes with its own slew of side effects at the end of the day. And most men could really... Like my... I am completely natural and I get my testosterone level checked every year and it's mm-hmm. on the higher end of normal consistently. And I mean at 35 years old, I've had no signs of any of it dropping right. off. Sleep is so... But, it's probably why I'm a champion because I'm a champion sleeper. Mm. Like completely, I sleep so good. She's like a male lion. Yeah, no, I had a game changer because I finally got a watch that tracks the sleep, and to see how my deep sleep mm-hmm. has increased or deep 
it's insane. Now I'm like, oh. And you feel so much better when you actually sleep. So much better. Yeah. But, all right. Um, I just had one. Where was it? Pre and post workout snacks. Mm-hmm. What do you guys choose? Like, what for you individually or just for anyone? What would be a great pre workout and post workout snack room? Hmm? I'll I'll go. Uh, so for pre workout, I think it depends on how much time you have that mm-hmm. you're eating and going to the gym. If you have a couple hours, <clears throat> um, like. For me, I go to the gym at 4, and at 2.30, I'll have a couple packets of oatmeal because I know that I have a few hours to break it down. So complex carbs, um, some protein, about two hours or two and a half hours before the gym. If you have like 30 minutes, some um, quick carbs like Gatorade, Mm -hmm. maybe whey protein if you didn't have any protein yet. Um, So that would probably be pre-workout. Post-workout, I think you have a little bit more flexibility with post-workout. They actually found that, like, you don't have to eat at a very certain time. It's good, you know, after your workout to get some protein and some carbs in. But there's nothing saying, like, that has to be this specific type of protein and carbs, and it has to be right away, you know. Um, So, again, I think after the gym, having some complex carbs and some protein, and maybe not having a ton of fat at that meal is best. But I don't think it has to be defined so specifically, you know, beyond that and timing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You want to add to that? Yeah, exactly. The biggest thing is for it to go, like Prissy said, around your life. Okay. Like if you don't have a lot of time, eat the carb that's going to work for you. Right. If you have plenty of time, eat the carb that's going to work for you. Find out how many carbs work well for you. Like I try to get a lot of my carbs right before I work out because my job isn't super vigorous. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing some walking, but I'm not doing like anything crazy right. at my job. So my carbs will be lower during the day and I'll eat like 100 to 120 carbs right before I go to the gym. Not right before, but my meal before I go right. to the gym, which Chrissy ate 120 carbs, she'd probably be throwing That's up like at what the gym. I eat all day. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's a little bit different for yeah. us. So you have to find what works for you. And some people, they just feel sick when they eat that amount of yeah. carbs. But Optimally, what you want is to be able to imagine, you know, like a bell-shaped curve and drop that bell-shaped curve over wherever your workout is in the day. So if you're going to work out at noon, I'm going to eat a little bit of my carbohydrate when I wake up in the morning. I might have a little bit of a snack in a couple of hours and then like two hours out from the gym, like Chrissy said, I'm going to have those like 80 to 120, whatever I find that is going to work for me that day. I will hit that spike before I go to the gym. While I'm at the gym, I get in a little bit of protein, but not much else. And then after the gym, I try to keep that high again. I usually am around like 60 to 100 after the gym, and then I allow it to taper off for the rest of the day. Because ultimately, like I said before, carbs are anabolic. Mm -hmm. You want to use your muscle glycogen for its purpose. You just don't want to have a full gas tank and not bring your car anywhere. You know, you want to fuel yourself up. You want to have that really hard workout, like Christy was saying, and really push it to close to failure and be able to wreck all that glycogen, get it out of your body, and fill it. Well, you're probably not realistically going to get it all out of your body, but deplete your glycogen stores best you can, and then, yeah. I think, like, a little bit of when you're hungry plays a role, too. Like, people who are trying to lose weight, they're really hungry at night. You might want to save some carbs for at night, like... Yes, you definitely want to hoard some carbs around your gym. That's when you're going to have the best workout. But 
you also have to take into consideration like I just could go all morning without eating I try not I definitely don't at least have some protein in the morning mm. but I don't have to eat until 8 or 9 a.m and then in the afternoon I am hungry so like I will definitely put some carbs before and after the gym, but then I also save some for at night because I know I'm going to want a cookie. Like, I just, I do every day, you know? And I'm the opposite. Okay. Like, when I wake up in the morning, oh, I have, yeah, you're all I have difficulty controlling myself, not eating all my carbs when I wake up. Like, right. I could eat four bagels, like, rolling right out of bed. I am, so, like, the second my eyes open up, I'm like, oh, I just want to eat eggs right now. Like, yeah. as soon as I wake up. <laughs> All right, stretching before a workout, a yay or a nay? I think it really all depends on what works for you, but also, like, majority of it, majority of it would be nay. What you, the issues I think you see people say, you you could do, like, some faster stretching. You know, like, I always stretch before my workout because I have herniated discs in my lower back. If you are doing, like, faster stretching that you're not really holding for a very long time that's going to be good but if you think about your muscles as an elastic band and you were like i want this elastic band to be able to move x amount of weight would you hold it stretched for six minutes and be like i bet this is gonna be extra strong now that it's all stretched out and loose that's what you don't want you know i would say it's important to warm up warm your body up it's not important to stretch which you unless like like you said you have back pain or something and it just feels better yeah. if you stretch. Mm-hmm. If that's not the case, you don't need to stretch. It's more not beneficial than it is beneficial. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's important to do some kind of warm-up where you get your body moving and you get your, temp- <clears throat> your body temperature to rise yeah. a little bit. Warm-up, yes. Da- static stretching where you're just holding stretches, no. Yeah. And also, at the end of the day, your joint fluid, your synovial fluid that's mm-hmm. in your joints... If it's really, really cold in your gym and you're wearing shorts, you are not going to lubricate your joints as well as if you are warmed up. So you do need to have some good amount of movement. And like she was saying, it's important to have a warm-up. But if you're going to do a heavy bench press, what's a better warm-up than a really light bench press? You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do a push-up over in the corner, Mm -hmm. just bench press the bar a few times and get yourself warmed up. Or if it's really cold in your gym, move around a little bit Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. A little jumping jack here. Yeah. All right. Um. Let me just see. Oh, and this, this, oh, I forgot this one. And you'll probably agree with this. But it says, eating breakfast will make you a champion in the weight loss game. Uh, yes. That's uh, like Chrissy was saying, I think. I don't eat breakfast. Yeah. I think it. Did, she's she, a champion. She, <laughs> she does eat breakfast. Don't let her lie to you. I, she's. Sneaking in whey protein into her coffee. It's a form of breakfast. Uh, in reality, it all depends on what your schedule looks like. And you have to false. eat a certain amount. Because of there's no way eating breakfast is going to make you a champion. It doesn't matter. You want to break your fast a little. You don't want to go forever and ever and ever without protein because you'll start to lose your muscle. So in that way, yes, breaking your fast and getting some protein in is a good thing. There's nothing about breakfast itself that that matters more than any other meal. Besides that, you're breaking that amount of time you went without protein. Well, that's the thing. And that's why breakfast does get the clout that it does. Is It's the meal that tends to come after the longest, longest fast, fast that you're right. having. And I mean, it really depends on how you treat it, too. And you like, know what I mean? Especially like, American breakfast. Like, your eggs and bacon and toast with butter is not going to win you anything like I barely eat breakfast I just drink my protein and go to lunch and I'm doing okay all right 
and this is like the old classic and I just want to know your view on it. No pain, no gain. What does that mean when somebody says that true. to you? <laughs> Definitely yeah. true. The way my legs feel, that pain, yeah. you're not feeling that pain, you're not going to... I like that because you do have to go through discomfort to get where you need to be. It doesn't have to be discomfort that ruins your life. But by staying comfortable, you're never going to get where you need to be. You have to push yourself out of comfort and into discomfort. Whether that means, you know, changing your diet and having cravings and being hungry and dealing with that hunger. Or pushing yourself to the gym where you have pain in your legs from, like, pushing so hard. You know, not like, like soreness, that muscle disruption kind of pain. I think you have to be okay with some level of pain, some level of discomfort to get where you need to be. Because if we could all do it by being comfortable, oh, everyone would have abs. I'm, I'm going to pull a Christy on this champion. one. I'm going to say no. Oh. Because how many people could be in there and just be curling a five-pound weight till it hurts? At the end of the day, it is a gray area, like with the breakfast thing. Mm-hmm. You need to understand which pain you're pushing for. Because there are people who are like, oh, I did bar or whatever and it really hurt when I stretched my leg a lot and you're like okay well that's not gonna grow you any muscle like it's not gonna tone you you know and at the even the same thing if someone was doing squats if you're not doing the appropriate amount of volume Mm -hmm. it could hurt you yeah you could be building up plenty of lactic acid and that could hurt that doesn't mean that you're gonna actually be building any muscle that's fine but that doesn't mean you can get where you need to be without any pain at all that's what I'm saying oh that's not what I said though yeah, and cause that, the argument you were hoping she for. Asked, she asked if no pain, no like, gain. Like, so, okay, I get it. So you're saying you I'm can I'm saying gain, it's a gray area. You need you to understand gain, what pain you're causing. Yeah, you can gain without pain. And I'm saying not really. You do need pain. <laughs> you do need pain to be able to gain. You but do. But don't live off those words. And yeah. you need to understand what type of pain that you're causing. It doesn't have to be all causing. pain. I just think you need... Some pain. <laughs> to really get where you yeah, need to be. Yeah, you definitely do. And honestly, and I'm being perfectly honest, it's not so much a pain as it is a physical discomfort, discomfort. and almost wanting yeah, your life to end instead. Right. You know, like if I was going to do like a stationary lunge and I did it 200 times at body weight, that would probably hurt me a lot and I'd really hate it. But if I was going to do one squat that, you know, a set of squats that was just so physically discomforting that it was making me want to puke, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily causing me pain. But it still is causing me gain, you know? Yeah. So it all depends. You're going to need to go through a little pain of hunger or even a little pain of being too full, pain of pushing too hard in the gym, pain of saying, no, I'm not going to have this goddamn mm-hmm. cheeseburger. I'm going to have my chicken. Like, you do, I do think you need some pain to really be at a certain level. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like mentally too. You need that discomfort to grow. Yeah. Or you're just going to stay. Pressure is going to make a diamond. But the discomfort of getting on stage and being in front of a bunch of people. Like it's all. Half naked. Yeah. You have to push yourself out of your comfort zone and be okay with some discomfort. Some discomfort. Yeah. No, I agree. You don't need to. If you're in pain, then like something's wrong. Like you should see a doctor. Yeah. We need to find something that rhymes with discomfort so we can rebrand this. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. No discomfort. No something. Someone send us an email. What word we can find that rhymes. I'll get that tag. Even if it's a different language, email it in. All right. The last one, and this is just personally because I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. Taking 
a melatonin supplement to sleep better? Truth? Or is it just a gimmick to make people think they are sleeping better? No, it has its use yeah, and okay. it can certainly Somewhere have its use. But the problem is your body is going to create its own melatonin every night in your sleep cycle and you don't know how much it's going to create. So if you're sleeping and you're resting regularly, chances are you're going to be creating the amount of melatonin that your body needs every single day. The other thing too is it can be habit forming and you don't necessarily need a ton of melatonin in your body, which is why most other countries it's outlawed and you have to get a prescription for melatonin. Um, and it really isn't even the most useful supplement when it comes to your sleep. It's just the one that's the most popular in America. Like I said, you don't know where it is at any moment when you're trying to go to bed. Like, if you're having a very difficult time sleeping, you could take a fast-absorbing one, and if it helps, it helps. The other thing, too, is that melatonin doesn't real it doesn't help you stay asleep at all. It literally is just an elevated hormone that's going to help you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, this happened, this used to happen to me when I used to take melatonin. I would take it, and I would feel a little bit sleepy, and I could fall asleep for, like, 15 minutes. But if one thing woke me up, I'm still having whatever was happening that was keeping me awake. You know, like, say you have caffeine at, at the mid-afternoon, mm-hmm. and it still is coursing through you. And you take the melatonin, you fall asleep. You go wake up in 15 minutes, and you're exactly where you were because you didn't... It's almost like body surfing. If you don't catch that wave mm-hmm. right when you need it to ride that sleep... It doesn't, it isn't going to make a difference. The other thing too is you need drastically less than what they give you in America. And honestly, if you're getting like five milligrams, 10 milligrams, that can actually lead to increased blood sugars, which can lead to diabetes, which now that I'm saying it out loud is probably why it's so popular in America, because our, our job everywhere here is to keep people sick, to keep money going, to keep insurance is busy. Uh, yeah. See, I didn't know it caused that if you took too much of it. Oh yeah. The really what people actually need, I think is like... But the lowest dose that we have here is like three milligrams. Well, you could probably get like one milligram, mm-hmm. but I think like 500 micrograms is all you need. So there's people out there that are taking well, 10 some, times the yeah, dose Yeah, they sell every like night. 10 milligrams yeah. per pill. Oh, yeah. even So the amount that they give to most children is more than an adult needs That's to be able crazy. to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and you also don't know that you need it. You're definitely more of a sleep expert than I am. All I'll say is Not that... Experts. Enthusiast. Enthusiast. He okay. really is. I mean, I'm more of a sleep enthusiast. You know more about it, but I'm a better sleeper yeah. just because So you I can think, just sleep. Oh, my God. It's but melatonin so... hasn't never done a damn thing for me. Like well, Obviously, yours is high enough. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget why Seriously. I tried to take melatonin. And I was like... This it's probably during prep. <laughs> last prep should take anything to be able to do I anything. I had difficult sleeping last prep. I always, at the end of my prep, wake up early, like 4 a.m. Even this time at the end, it happened to me like yeah. the last week I was up at 4. I think you just wake up. Your body's like, okay, we're hungry. So mm-hmm. like, let's go. Yeah. Wake yeah. Up. That's survival. Yeah, exactly. Sleep will help, but food will help more. So yeah. wake up so, and find some. And yeah. it only happened at the very end, the prep before it happened for weeks and weeks. But I was like, oh, let me try like this. And I was like, this does nothing. We've got this hope a lot more. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Um, lastly, I mm-hmm. have a suggestion mm-hmm. that I think would be fun next time one of you guys are prepping. You should do a documentary on the full prep. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should talk. We should have done that this time, but we yeah, didn't know it was going to go so well. Yeah. yeah. But now that this you know that something's wrong, I think because I think that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
we really have wanted to be able to film a lot more content. Yeah. More just content. because it makes stuff... Like, trying to explain to someone oh, how yeah. a food scale works oh. is honestly a lot harder than you think. Yeah. Like, there's a lot text. of questions we mm -hmm. get. And it's, like, every question imaginable. Like, you know what I mean? Because everyone runs into a different scenario, right. and they're like, I wasn't aware of how to do this, so I did it this way. And you're like, well, I never thought about doing it that way because I happened to do it this way, and that mm -hmm. happened to do the right way. So I never had to think about your scenario, but now you're presenting it. And it's like... So it's now we're, we're always like, we just need to take time and, like, film ourselves doing yeah. stuff so we can show our clients that. Because then be we, we have, like, little Word documents that we've written out, too. Yeah. And even that, it still is, like, difficult to transfer. Plus, I think you would, like, inspire people. Especially if, like, Christy did her, like, yeah. here, I'm at the gym today and this is yes. what I did. It would just be fun because, you know, I follow these fitness girls and they do their little thing. I think you guys should do it. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we'll for like a, a mockumentary of yeah, it. Yeah. Like, this so is Spinal fun. Tap, but starring Christy. <laughs> yes. All right. Anything else you guys want to share before we sign off? Not that I can no, think of. I think we're good. Yeah. Carbs yeah. are fine. Sleep well, drink water, and push harder. Exactly. <laughs> I like exactly. that. Exactly. And ask us if you need anything. Yeah. Give us a question. Let us know. <laughs> All right.